Blog Talk Radio. Know that someone's loving you 
No matter how you say it, it only matters what you do. Each day, please take the time to tell someone that I love you. is looking for dedicated students who want to learn how to eat scientifically and live a disease-free life. American School of Symptometry is the teaching and training arm of symptometry. We offer three types of scholarships to help you with the cost of educating yourself and learning how to cure disease at the cellular level. That's right, cure disease. Our mission statement is curing is proving. Check us out at symptometry.com. That's S-Y-M-P-T-O-M-E-T-R-Y.com. You'll be glad you did. Or call us at 708-252-3621 for more information. That's 708-252-3621. American School of Symptometry. What's happening? What's happening? You are now rocking with the best. This is Coach Kair with Coach K Radio, and tonight is Symptometry Night. Thank you all so much for showing up with us. Yes. And the hits just keep on coming. I couldn't have said that one any better myself because the hits are definitely going to be coming tonight. It's going to be action-packed. 
You're going to hear plenty of sound effects and 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 clapping and and awe inspiring information tonight because we are really getting ready to put some things together tonight with some tometry. Save our women and children. Whew. This one is going to be a big one right here. We've had some monumental shows in the past. Uh, if you've missed any of them, if you've missed one of them or all of them, if this is your first show or if this is your 49th show, you can go over to symptometrybooks.com and check out all of the podcasts right there. But tonight, this one is going to rank right up there with some of the greats. Last week with uh, dealing with the uh, with the bed bug with the bed uh, bug bites and uh, a lot of skin issues. We learn about what makes us glow. You know, it's the summertime, and these mosquitoes are out here walking around with blackjacks and ninja nunchucks. So now we are tonight tackling a subject that is around one of Dr. Nardi's newest works of art, you know, and one of his classics. Because when we are out on a journey, one of the things on a on a ship, if anything is going down, the first thing that the captain of the ship says is, women and children first, women and children first, because that is the strength of a nation. And, well, here we are tonight, and we're going to be really getting into the path to optimal women's health. Yes, the path to optimal women's health, how to prevent and overcome every issue in female health. Whew, ladies, you better be ready to press one tonight with your questions, with your comments, with your feedback, with your testimonials. Uh, we're pulling out all the stops. And we're also going to be covering intelligent children are not born, they are made. A scientific effort to help ensure brilliant problem solving and the healthy development of the children we love. Both by Dr. Maxwell and Nardi. You can find both of these books on some time or two books and maybe tonight before end of the show, we are working to get some packages together so we can have some special rates. So please stay tuned in to Zoom in. Of course, you know I cannot do this by myself. It is with my utmost pleasure and esteem that I bring in the first of our panel tonight. He's been with me since day number one. He turned me on to some tometry. He's uh, a mentor. He's a friend. He's a guide. He's also the director of the American School of Symptometry, please put your hands together. You know what it is. It's awesome, baby. Dr. Charlie Abbott. Keep on coming. Dr. Abbott, welcome to Coach K Radio tonight on Sometime at Your Night. How are you feeling this evening? Uh, I feel good, Coach. I see that the sound effects are hitched up to the wagon, and you're just toting them everywhere you need to go tonight, I see. I got, I'm, I'm, feeling like, I'm feeling like David with the uh, 2014 slingshot. That's how it was going down. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I feel I can feel the anticipation 
and the excitement in the air. You know, in spite of the warm temperatures, it's going to get even warmer tonight, I'm sure, as this information is being disseminated and people are finding out the things that are that that will help people that they love. And one of the things that you that you that I listen to uh, in the words of the bumper music that you have, you speak of, you know, love is universal. So the universal love is is that we all have mothers, sisters, nieces, and aunts and children, daughters that we love. And I find that tonight's topic is a tribute to them. So uh, I really think that this is a, a great service this time of year so that this information and education can spread and help clear up some of the things that some of our women have been dealing with for many, many years. This is, um, this is like you said, this is where we're going to pull out the stops and just address like anything, this is really so much of the panel being open for uh, callers tonight, really ladies' night, you know, an issue with your own particular uh, health or hygiene conditions that's been, like like the doctor said, going on for years, or for the children, you know, how do these things stack up? You know, how are these children becoming uh, enzyme deficient? Uh, in the womb, a lot of people. Uh, I had a I had a big uh, uh, wow moment that I turned somebody on to earlier. I think it was last at the end of last week, and I said, you know, um, once you get pregnant, you go from needing fifty thousand enzymes a day to a million. They said mm-hmm. a million. I said a million. Yeah, right. I said a million. So. Um, they were like, man, where am I supposed to get all that from? I said, first off, you got to talk about how you are hurting yourself by what we call thinking that you're eating healthy. Well, I thought I was eating healthy, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm drinking all my smoothies and I'm, I'm eating so many carrots and uh, I'm not eating any meat. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness gracious. What do you what do you mean? So it's going to um, not think it's going to be um, a great show concerning some of the myths that we're going to have to clear up. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I mean just yesterday I dealt with someone who was a raw foodist and and um, vegetarian, and they they didn't know anything about sometimes they had heard of it, but not really then had a consultation or anything of that, you know, of that nature. And ultimately this person is cold all the time and and just energy is very, very low. Yet they, she, you know, she consumed all these raw foods, which in the eyes of the average person or the, or the health-conscious individual is, this is very, very healthy. And it was just evident based upon some of the symptoms that she was having that health was soon turn on her, you know, because 
we can kind of cover it up at our early age, you know, in the 20s. But once our body starts to get to 35, 40-year-old, um, you know, area, you know, chronologically there, then things happen to, to be become more obvious. And, um, and that's the thing that we, in Thomas, we want to do is to stop it before it gets to that point. Exactly. And I think that that's why this show is really so important to me is because it gives you real-time solutions, like right now. I mean, it immediately gives you uh, reasons as well, not just not just talking about it, but the scientific breakdown about the entire um about the entire gambit. It's just it's just it's just marvelous, marvelous. I'm just so so enjoying this and I'm happy that um Doctor uh Wynette, um I think that's her down there with the one one ones, she's getting ready to join us as well. Um it's just to have such an esteemed panel of scientists who are really heartfelt on being a part of the change and our solution really um is is just is world is waking up to it myself. I already see that we have someone uh come calling in already. It looks like it may be uh I don't know, it looks like we all I know we have supporters all over the world. I definitely want to give a shout out to everyone on the East Coast, West Coast, Middle East, internationally uh, in Egypt, Rome, uh, Canada, Africa, everywhere that you know that, that the show goes out to. You know, Mars, the planet, you know, uh, Sirius star constellation, regular everywhere. The planet Spica. We just want to give a shout out to everybody who's listening and to Symptometry, um, all those who are downloading the show as well as listening live. We definitely really appreciate it. I wanted to open up and see who this is calling in early, President Number, number One. See if they had any comments. This is caller from the eight zero three five four two. Your microphone is open. Thanks for calling. Some time tonight. How you doing tonight? Simply marvelous, Coach. Simply marvelous. And good evening uh, to Dr. Abbott and all others who are present. Mm-hmm. This is Elder Fayola. Haven't spoken with oh. you for a while, but I have been on. We've been listening. And uh, the shows have been excellent as always. So just wanted to give you a shout out and let you know that we are present and accounted for. This is a dream come true. What a wonderful surprise! <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you, so, thank you so much, Queen Fayola, for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. And, and, and you got some extra, you got some extra bump in your trunk and your voice tonight. You sound like you. You know, uh, you just uh, super rejuvenated around here. It must be this Jupiter and Cancer energy is waking up the mama spirit. So I'm glad that you are uh, coming in strong and loud and vibrant tonight. Thank you so much. You are so very welcome. And uh, we are his wishing and hoping for a great symptometry evening for all who participate. All right. All right. Absolutely. Well, buckle your seatbelt because I think we're getting ready to take off. All right. We're tuned in. Just keep on coming. All right, talk with you. Okay. All righty, all righty. Of course, um, it ain't a one pony, 
uh, one we're not a one trick pony, and we don't have just one person out here. We have to bring in the rest of the board, rest of the panel, more more science. Uh, one of my favorites, um, just people all around, just um, just due diligence, sticks to the subject, um, always has some a valuable contribution to make. Is um, you know in in the studies just without peer. And been doing this field for well over 30 years. I want y'all to please put your hands together for Dr. Wynette. And the hits just keep on coming. Good, Good evening, evening, Coach. Dr. Wynette, how are you? All right. Good evening, Dr. Wynette. Yeah, it's a great night for symptometry. As I was listening to the show and thinking about... Um, what we're really asking, I'm reminded of my training as a surgeon, and we just got really busy on a regular basis, and we would just have to do what's called curbside consults. You know, we had a problem, and we'd go up to one of our colleagues and we'd say, well, what do we do about this? And they would say, do this, and you say, okay, and you do that, and you move on to the next issue, and never really having time to investigate if that was accurate or not. You just were so busy that you kept doing. And I think with symptometry especially, we're asking each and every one of you who is listening to start asking more questions. Why? Why this? Why that? Why this? Because we're trying to deliver the answers of why. Because I see in my own practice, even today, a person will say, what should I eat? They ask somebody, and it's, you know, not just a curbside consult, but in this and that journal, this and that magazine on TV, eat this. Okay, I'll do that. And so a person does it without really any reason or explanation. And especially with women's health, um, we're asking people to get below the surface as well. I'm having periods every, every month or I got pregnant, I didn't get pregnant, what should I do? And so there's a, you should do this or you should do that, but not really, why are you doing this? And am I really supporting my body in doing the work? So especially with Dr. Marty having written the Optimal Women's Health book, I'm sure we're going to get more details about how things work. And we're also asking people to sort of get into the microscope beyond what we can see with our naked eye and to start thinking about function and how how what I'm putting in my mouth or um, the energy that I use to get through the day is affecting me in ways that I can't see because it is definitely affecting at the cellular level, which is, um, <laughs> I looked this up so I could be specific, a capillary is one angstrom thick. Well, what's an angstrom? It's one one billionth of a meter. That's what we're asking people to look at, is the really, really, really small stuff and understand how it happens. And in that, um, health is created. So I'm looking forward to listening and participating. 
your uh, lovely uh, bride and mother of your of Xavier, um, if she'd like to input, um, what were some of the um, or were there any? I'm not even gonna put words in her mouth. Were there any dynamic uh, differences that she felt um, coming from what she may have thought was an, a healthy a- uh, atmosphere and lifestyle um, when before she started? you know, the symptometry prenatal um, all the way up until today, you know, if she'd like to make a comment or anything concerning um, the care of her own, you know, or the, the differences that she felt in her own health and well-being. Um, I do have to say good evening, by the way, Coach Kair and everybody. Glad to be here. Yeah. Um, we have to say I felt wonderful my whole pregnancy. Never got sick, never felt uh, any of those common issues you hear from a lot of pregnant women. Never got any swelling in my feet or hands. Um, I felt great the entire pregnancy up until, you know, until the day he was born. And I still feel great afterwards also. I'm getting a lot of uh, good support for after pregnancy and healing from a symptometry. And can't really compare it. It's just I'd have to owe it all to Dr. Narte and his care and his um, input. And like Jonathan said, tons of emails. Thank you, Dr. Narte, for answering all my thousands of emails during my pregnancy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was, was and am symptometry the whole time. And I can't say I felt, you know, any better. I'd like to ask you uh, firsthand if um, when you heard that you had to increase your enzymes from 50,000, you know, what what was the, what were your what was your first response? So, like, I got to get more enzymes, and can you share with us a part of your strategy that um, that you embarked upon? To make sure that you had more enzymes in your in your body in your intake um, while you were going through this uh, birthing this new little hair rule. Right. Well, um, I took the symptometry prenatal, which helps to um, build more enzymes, platelets, white blood cells, and basically just ate. Scientifically, the whole pregnancy, I wasn't really too concerned about having to uh, make more enzymes. I think I just really believed it was all going to work out doing it the symptom way. Was there any time that you had, like, you know, they always talk about women having funny cravings for ice cream or pickles or chocolate or anything like that? Were there any... Uh, how'd you deal with the uh, cravings, if any? Honestly, I had no cravings. I wanted a power salt in the very beginning. <laughs> that was about it. Wow. I some lamb a lot. There was a lot of lamb involved. There was a lot of lamb involved. A lot of lamb. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that good honey iron. Uh, uh, uh. About that. A lot of Simto Navy beans and um, Basmati rice also. Mm-hmm. 
And and now sardines you can, too. And the sardines too. I just had some of that yeah. earlier today. <laughs> now, if you wanted, because we're gonna have to, you know, this is my big brother also. Before I bring out the naughty, and my last question, well, just for right now, I just wanted to ask you to, um, could you? I want you to score my big brother now, your husband, on how important it was for him to be supportive in your um, in your dieting. Um, as you were pregnant, you know how how important it was was it for him to to have to be knowledgeable and um and you know what what did you feel with him having a shift in his excellence in knowing the why like Doctor Wynek said you know um, was he really investigating on the why you all should be eating this and how important did you feel that um, was um, in in this whole birthing process. Well, I can't give him any more credit than, you know, he brought some tometry to me in the very beginning, before we even uh, conceived our son. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be more thankful. I'd say he, well, he cooked about 98% of the time (laughs) that I was pregnant. Um, He was always in the kitchen, of course, some tometry all the way. I give him 110% credit for his support and his, uh, you know, constant, ongoing, making sure we're eating 100% himself. Got the bomb on the and the hits just keep on coming. I'm sorry, what was the last thing you said? I was saying I I also have to say, um, you know, I give him a lot of credit for the great nurturing support during pregnancy, which Dr. Narte has said before in the pregnancy uh, show, you know, nurturing is a big part of a healthy pregnancy. And he was there. Ah, yes, 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 yes. How are we going to talk about that? We already got in the chat room already tonight talking about women already dealing with cravings already and have never even been pregnant. So, wow, tonight hopefully they'll call in and, and, and we'll get down to the why of um, these these particular cravings. So I'm going to just let y'all just sit over there and chill with us. Please ride shotgun with us like Jermaine Dupree riding with Jay-Z um, because good health ain't nothing but a thing to us around here. So I'm going to, uh, without further ado, I'm going to have to um, open up the line for the founder, for the bomb dropper himself. You know what we say about it. Let's just keep on coming. We got more nicknames than we know what to do with, you know. The founder, the, the head cheese himself, please get on your feet for Dr. Maxwell Norton. It's awesome, baby. Dr. Norton, welcome to Some Tometry Night. Thank you for coming on to the show this evening once again. How are you doing tonight? Oh, fine, fine, fine. And thank you very much for inviting me and, uh, I heard uh, the voice of uh, Dr. Abbott, uh, Dr. Wanek. Uh, we have a very strong uh, symptomatic panel now, and I'm very, very proud of 
our panel, and uh, we are working and working and working full throttle, so that is excellent. Uh, I also heard uh, uh, Jonathan, I heard his, uh, his wife, and uh, um, I heard Xavier through them, and uh, how he is vibrant and strong, and he's coming and coming and coming. Um, this is another arrow in our quiver in symptometry. We are very, very happy that uh, this is the 27th uh, child, symptometric child, that uh, we have, uh, that we have uh, provided uh, pregnancy management from start to finish, from start to finish, without any abnormality whatsoever. We have stopped and uh, the death of the mother during childbirth, we have stopped that in Ghana, completely, completely gone. No woman suffers from no woman suffers from eclampsia or preeclampsia and all these big, big words that even women don't understand. No more, no more. Now women are free and free and free. You'll be healthy and healthy and healthy until you become tired of becoming healthy. So symptomatically <laughs> here for you. Thank you very much. Ooh, thank you, Dr. Nardi. Yes, 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 yes. Dr. Nardi, I don't even know what to, I mean, we want to, we want to, ah, I got my second question. You know, I'm gonna go ahead, but I know you stay ready, so I can just throw them to you: curveball, knuckleball, fastball, underhand, and you ready. So um, I want to first of all address just the book itself. No, no, no. I mean, we, we got to stay on test. I'm gonna come back to the book. Let's talk about these cravings. We started off on with pregnancy management. We have uh, some time. Um, let's talk about. I've always wanted to know myself. Why do women have cravings? What is what is what do these cravings uh, come from? And why did this sister say that she experienced no cravings? And there's a sister in the chat room says she experienced cravings right now, and she's not even pregnant. Well, um, first you have to know how women are built, the material with which women are built. Women are built with softer fiber than men. First, before you start, you have to know how a woman is built. You don't just start treating a woman like that. Give a woman drugs, give a woman the herbs. You don't do that. This is why fibroids are more common in women. They only occur in women. Women have more polyps than men. And so on, because they have weaker fiber. So if you are going to work on a woman, you have to know that you have to you have to develop a very good strategy. You have to you have to work on a, an excellent blueprint for a woman. Conversely, if you are going to work on a man, you also have to know who a man is, and that a man has stronger fiber, and the particulars that you are going to give to a woman to a man will be totally different from that of a woman. The potency will be different from man to woman. It is not just a matter of sitting down and then uh, prescribing particulates. Some of this some some of some of the cases are very, very tough, I have to admit. But when I go to bed 
and I sleep, my consciousness expands. And this allows me to communicate with the person I am treating. I may not have met you. I work on the vibrational level. This is why I start answering my emails at 2 o'clock in the morning. This, this lady, uh, uh, Jonathan's wife, I'll be sending me emails, flurries of emails. Sometimes I, I turn on my, my, my computer at 2 o'clock in the morning, wow, sometimes two emails, three emails, you know. And that is the best time because she is sleeping. I'm, I have a better feel of her vibrations. And all my answers are just on cue without any problem. Women have cravings. You have to tell me, or you have to tell the symptomatist what kind of cravings you have. So you feel like eating dirt. You feel like eating dirt. Uh-huh. All right, I'll write it down. Another one feels like eating clay. I write it down. There was a woman who 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 uh, went and went and bought a, a box of. Uh, um, pencils and what was she going to do with the pencils a three month uh, a woman who was three months pregnant three months pregnant had been buying boxes of pencils she would smash the wood around the pencil around the lead and she would be chewing the lead three months pregnant and I stopped that. The only problem was for the first three months that she had, uh, that she has been eating this lead, uh, lead from the lead pencils, and the child developed um, um, hydrocephalus, water on the brain. So luckily enough, I had, a, I had a particulate for that, and then I stopped it. The water dried up, and three weeks later, she went back to the, they wanted to, 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 to do a procedure on the child's brain. Three weeks later, when they went, and uh, they, they ran the test, and the MRI showed that uh, there was no more water on the brain. You see, so we have the technical know-how, and we still continue to work hard and hard and hard to come up with more blueprints, more particulates, and uh, uh, we are now working on more staff. We are working on more, 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 more people to, who are more very competent in this science, in this scientific way of addressing the needs of the cells, so that the, the whole of mankind will be very healthy. So these cravings are there, but are, we have a way of nourishing the child and nourishing the, the, the fetus. They're nourishing the mother at the same time, two in one, so that there will be no cravings. Sometimes it is the child's, it is the child's cravings that is pushing the mother's cravings. So by addressing the two simultaneously at the same time, we are able to end the craving, the future craving of the child and the current craving of the mother during pregnancy. No vomiting, no nausea, nothing, no vomiting, nothing. All the 27 women we've had, no 
no, no tendency to vomit in the morning. Morning sickness, nothing. You see, because once you begin to vomit, the folic acid you've been taking is gone. The other nutrients you are taking is gone. So by doing this, we are able to stop this so that as many, as many nutrients stay in the woman's body as possible. This will be very, very good for the amniotic uh, fluid and amniotic sac. It is going, it, the sac is going to be very strong. The fluid is going to be healthy. Renewal will take place constantly and constantly and constantly. The lady said she, had, she, 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 she experienced no abnormality. How can you experience an, an, an abnormality when the needs of the cells are being met? The needs of blood have been met. The needs of the lymphatic system have been met. Her legs did not swell. Why? Because the needs of her lymphatic system were met in full, 100%. This is how it is done. Thank you. Hello? Dr. Abbott, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you for that answer, Dr. Nardi. Um, Dr. Abbott or Dr. Wyman, did y'all want to add on anything about, you know, just that particular subject of, of meeting the needs? Mm, I don't no, have anything specific to say about that. You know, the thing All is, right. is that it's, it's important that we have that we receive and get the education that's available around pregnancy management and what people need and what and the things that are required for the fetus to be healthy and that for the parents to be healthy and especially the mother during the time that she's, she's carrying the child. And that's direct communication because the proper amount of nutrients always have to be equal to it the amount used as equal to the parts that are used and that are that are uh, taken in, excuse me. Exactly. All right. Let me get on. Let me uh, keep this, keep the ball rolling. Uh, Dr. Narty, this is my question concerning the, the book, the Optimal Wellness Book, Health for Book for Women. What was the driving force behind, you know, I know that when you discovered some time it told you to go down this particular aisle of the library and look at this particular book, and then when you looked at it, you were guided, you know, to come up with the answer, and some time was born. But what was some of the inspiration surrounding writing a book like the Optimal Women's Health book? And uh, how many pages is it? And, uh, like, normally for the size of book that you write, you know, you like to keep it around 100 pages. You know, what, what, what's the difference in this book and the other books that you've written? Um, I do my best to keep my books around uh, 150, 150 pages, not, not more than 200, because, uh, you know, I want my books to be very handy, uh, very simple to read. And, uh, and the facts to be very accessible. That, that is, these are the, these are the main goals when I'm writing a book. And then when I'm breaking them into chapters, uh, 
um, I have to, uh, the flow should be there. And then I do not want people to be bored when they, are, when they are reading a book because when you are in school, you know, when you are in universities and all that, you know, you just read, you read, just read one chapter and, uh, you know, you, it's no longer interesting. And you, you have the bookshelf full of all kinds of books. And in, and all, in all these books, you, you, you only read about one or two chapters. A few of them you read about seven or so, but very few people read the, read the whole book. I decided to make the reading very, very interesting so that when people pick any book of symptometry, they don't put it down. They just keep reading and reading and reading. And then the next day they come back, they start again, they read, read, and so on and so forth. Um, what really motivated me to write a book on women was at, um, at Clayton College, we, we read, uh, we studied uh, uh, many books that were written. Uh, for women, and uh, there was it was very, very disheartening that um, um, I could not find the answers that we could use immediately you know uh, so I decided to do something that was that was totally different um, I decided to to go into uh, homeopathy and then use the cases of all the women uh, whom I treated, um, I mean, uh, who had ovarian problems, who had cyst problems, who had abscess problems, and so on and so forth. I put all this um, data together, and then I decided to write uh, a book that uh, women would be able to use instantly. Um, they could just take the book, turn to this page, and say, this is my problem, and then called the symptometrist and said, I'm, I've been suffering for this particular issue uh, for more than five years, for more than 10 years. So this was really what motivated me. It's not that somebody's, uh, uh, those, uh, those writers did not do a good job. Well, they did a good job for their level. They, could, they, they did a good job for their time. But we have now reached a stage where uh, women would like to have a guide, would like to have a book. We will have to we must we will have to get a go-to book, you know, and it is handy. You can put it in your in your bag on your way to uh, on your way to work. You can read it on the bus. Uh, the books that I was that 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 I read when I was at Clayton College, I mean, it was a 500-page book, huge. I, that's too heavy, you see, and uh, the, the the chapters were were very very uninspiring. So I decided to do something different. So in other words, what I did not like uh, helped me to, to produce what I like and what many people like. Thank you. Uh, I didn't hear you. Uh, I said, uh, is this book the same size, you know, to keeping it in the same format or is um is this book having uh so much more information or is it a part one of a series or did you get everything in this one book that it, that that all women can just that, that they need for a guide uh if you turn to the downside of nutrition chapter 19 that was where i started because the downside of nutrition was written 7 years ago so this was where i started uh by devoting the longest chapter in the book 
to women's health. The longest chapter in the dance of nutrition is chapter 19, women's health. So this is a continuation of what I started. I don't know whether there will be um, a, a, a women's book part two. I am not sure, but um, time will tell. <laughs> okay, okay, yes, and I, 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 we've talked about that before in the downside of nutrition. Um, that the longest chapter is on women's <clears throat> on women's health. Um, I don't even know if I saw a chapter in there devoted to um, on men's health. Um, are you insinuating? Are you, are you insinuating that um, that the man's body? Is not as complicated as the uh, female blueprint. What are you trying to say, Dr. Nardi? Well, um, the men's the men's book is in the works. I am working on the men's book. Why is it that uh, uh, the I've 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 had a lot of uh, problems with many men who accuse me of uh, being biased against men? But wait a minute, I'm a man myself. How can I be biased against men? I'm not biased against men. You know, women have more health problems than men, you see. And if they have more health problems than men, and women are producers of persons, a man does not get pregnant, a woman gets pregnant. And there are so many complications during pregnancy. And some of, some of these women even cannot make it. In many, many third world countries, uh, Many women die even when trying to give birth, you see. So they need greater attention than men for now. A year from now, two years from now, the men's book will be ready, you see. So uh, I've not forgotten men, and uh, I, have, I have men in my, in my, in my, in my household, and... Uh, we want women to be healthy because first, to be healthy first, because they bring babies, they bring people, persons into this world. Um, earlier, uh, Brother Jonathan uh, and his wife even talked about uh, the importance that she felt of him n nurturing him through her pregnancy. Uh, is there a section on nurturing the self or receiving nurturing in the women's health book. And could you give us a preview of uh, where that is at in the book, if it's in there at all, and how important that is? Um, I, did not, I did not discuss nurturing per se, uh, but um, I discussed, I discussed uh, nurturing extensively when I was discussing trauma because many women are more traumatized than men, because many women are victimized. When, you know, we are very lucky to live in the United States of America where, you know, women are very well respected. Go to other parts of the world, and women are not respected at all. You know, uh, the role of woman has been completely diminished. Uh, the role of the, the woman has to stay in the kitchen. The woman does not have to come to the living room when the husband is is, uh, is is 
having a, he's chit chatting with uh, with with his friends. You know, uh, the woman has to do the dishes. The woman has to clean the toilet. The woman has to sweep the, the the entire house, and so on and so forth. These are these are menial jobs that women in most countries in the world, most countries of the world, that's that's what women are doing. So we cannot compare the standards of women here in the United States with the standards of the standard of women in other parts of the world. So what we are trying to do is raise is raise uh, uh, the spotlight. Is raise the spotlight, or in other areas, lower the spotlight, so that whatever has been swept under the rug, or whatever has been kept away from public view, should not be brought to public view, so that we do something about it. You see, um, nurturing is very, very important when it comes to trauma. It's very, very important when it comes to trauma. You may say, okay, we are, we are, we are not traumatized. Most of us are not traumatized. How do you know that? How do you know that? You know, I cannot tell you. I cannot tell you the number of traumas that uh, uh, I was able to overcome thanks to my wife's nurturing of me. So many, sometimes nightmares. Why, at age eleven, I saw a, a, a man, a, a man being stoned to death. And then add this to my what my father did to me. Add this to the, the trauma in school, not knowing in the going to a school where you cannot speak where I did not speak English, I did not speak any Ghanaian dialect. And all these kids were just uh, teasing me. I, I I could not understand the language. And the trauma went on and on and on. And it was nurturing that helped me. Now that's why I, I that's why in the book, since I discussed nurturing already in the intelligent children are not born, they are made. Since I discussed nurturing extensively there, what I decided to do was to shift the focus to nurturing under trauma in uh, the, the, the women's book. Mm, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That is definitely... Um one of the, um, to me, I see a lot of reflection in, uh, you can see the results of early traumatization um, in the in the defensive stance that a lot of women uh, take um, in over here in the West, you know, being a lot more aggressive and standing in the place of, you know, in standing in a young presence, uh, mm -hmm. Dr. Nardi, can you can you can can you talk about um, the uh, the the low ends or the high ends of a woman who is you know when when you hear the word woman you think of the word feminine, but when you have a woman who is not in feminine nature and she is um, a bit more um, aggressive or argumentative. How does that um, deteriorate or contribute to her particular health condition if she is argumentative or um, is not open to receiving nurturing? Well, if uh, there are some there are some women who are not open to nurturing, okay, such women um, um, have to be ionized. So such women uh, need some brain nourishment. Um, 
they have to call a symptometrist so that uh, uh, the ice is broken. If this is not possible, I mean, eventually, she will suffer the consequences. You know, she will be a loser. And it's not good to be a loser. It's good to be a winner. If a woman is being argumentative, uh, don't forget that uh, there is also a weakness. Many women have weaknesses. They think that it's not a weakness, it's rather a strength. Well, uh, that is not true. A weakness is a weakness. Uh, being argumentative, okay, even that is subject to debate. Is she, is she being argumentative because what the man is saying does not make sense? If what the man is saying does not make sense, I will, I will side with the woman. She's not being argumentative. She just wants clarification. She, I mean, I mean she's, she's, standing, she's standing for her own rights. She wants her views to be, to be known. I come from, I originally come from a part of the world where, you know, uh, when a man is talking, the woman keeps quiet. Okay. In, the, in, in this part, in that part of the world, okay, uh, the man will say, the woman is being argumentative. You know, the, the woman is being stubborn. No, the woman is not being stubborn. What you are saying does not make sense. So she has every right to say that. But if the woman is being very quarrelsome, she wants to pick a fight at everything. Aha! That is a weakness. And this weakness will have to be addressed. We do that in symptometry. There are some women who talk too much. Loquacity. They talk too much. They are in the car, they are still talking. Uh, they are on the bus, they are still talking. They have not finished yet. How long is that story? 300 miles long? Why don't you stop somewhere? They need help. They come to symptometry. We have a particular for them. So it's both sides. I mean, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's both sides of the coin, you know. Sometimes the woman could be right. Sometimes, too, she is not right. Sometimes, too, she has a, a, a problem that has to be addressed at a mental level. And at other times, too, she is right because she wants to make her point known. So this is what I have as far as be a woman argumentative is concerned. Boy, boy, boy. The brain nourishment. An argumentative woman. Lord, what what chapter is that? What I I just want to get the book and turn straight to that and and and, and start to heal that. You know, I'm just I just see it. I just see it so much as far as you know, in the point. Not just necessarily what a man is not making sense, but it just seems that they are just um, on an attacking nature. I call it the wounded tigress. You know, the no, 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 no. I mean, let, let's face it, you see, there are some people who are unduly aggressive. It could be man or it could be woman. There are some people who are just, you cannot say that is their nature. No, it's just because of lack of brain nourishment. That's why this is happening. You see, I've, 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 seen, I've seen a whole lot, you see. And uh, uh, this has to be addressed. And if the woman is, uh, if the woman warms to the symptomatist and tells her that this is this is the problem, uh, this will be addressed. But if she does not, we cannot treat a person for what she did not complain about. I cannot I cannot treat you for uh, uh, talking too much. I cannot treat you for 
unnecessary aggression? No. Because it will be on the particulate. I didn't tell you that I'm aggressive. Even though I sound aggressive, well, I did not tell you. I did not complain to you that I'm aggressive. So if you want, if it's, it's, it's diffuse, it's all over the book, as far as that is concerned, uh, this, may come from, this may come from stress. Uh, many women are really stressed out. And many women too are tired. They come from work. And then they have to stand, they have to cook again for the whole family. And it's, it's very stressful. What is a man doing? You heard of uh, uh, Jonathan and his wife. You heard of how the wife, you know, was, I mean, uh, I mean uh, was very, very happy in, in uh, saying good things about uh, the husband, that the husband cooks. You know, the husband is very good at nurturing. Nurturing is not just a matter of massaging the, the, the man or the woman's neck and let her feel good. No, you know, and cooking also is part of nurturing, you know, cleaning the house, doing some of the house chores, all this part of nurturing. It, it helps the woman to relax a little bit and feel good also and feel important also, you see. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Nardi, for that answer. I see I do have another caller on the line. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you're ready to ask some questions, I, I have plenty tonight. I have plenty tonight dealing with uh, women's health. And um, you can find the book at symptometrybooks.com, www.symptometrybooks.com, as well as Intelligent Children. I'm going to come back with another question about the Intelligent Children. But first, I see we have a caller who has raised her hand. Well, I thought they had raised your hand. I had a seven one eight. I think you may have taken your hand down. If you if you do, if anybody has any comments, questions, or feedback concerning the topic that we're discussing tonight, all you have to do is just press one. Or if you're in the chat room and you wanted to um, call in, it's very easy three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine. Um, you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dr. Abbott. Yes, um, and during the time that I've times that I've read that read the book for women, I, I what I'm finding is that the theme of the book is it's really about dispelling so many myths around women inheriting certain issues, or that because the grandmother went through it, the mother went through it, that the daughter has to go through these same things. So what this book does is it, it really is about educating them and dispelling these myths and then offering a solution to being able to heal the issues, the diseases that their mothers or their grandmothers or their aunts or even their friends had that we just take as normal as, okay, if a woman has, you know, during her period it should be painful or something of that nature and that they have to take ibuprofen and Lie in bed for two to three days, and and, and this uh, optimal women's health book is actually about dispelling all of those things that have kept this tradition really a, a unfortunate tradition from going on. And outside of using either alternative medicine or conventional uh, Western medicine, either one really doesn't address the root 
of the problem. Thank you, Doctor. Uh, thank you, Doctor Abbott. That's exactly right. A lot of the um, past conditioning that we have um, is very, very um, unhealthy. I just, I just, I just say that I wasn't going to use the word degrading, but it's very unscientific. Um, I think, Doctor, I, I think um, Doctor Weinick uh, addressed that very beautifully at the beginning of the show about the importance of us. Asking why, you know, um, in the past, our parents did not ask. Um, our parents was like, "Don't question me," and now we are a nation of sick people um, who have been conditioned to just, like I said, be pill poppers and take the drugs and, um, prop, you know, be led like, be led like a cattle herd when it comes to trying to find the solutions. So. Um, I think that's a very, very uh, valid point. Um, Dr. Nardi, taking that into consideration, why did you title the book Intelligent Children Are Not Born, They Are Made? You know, they say all children are born. You know, in, in, in America they say everyone, um, we're all created equal. But it seems like the premise of that book is stating that um, intelligent children is going to have something to do with post-post-post uh, post, post birth versus um, versus uh, just naturally coming out intelligent. Can you speak on that, please? Well, well, well. This book speaks volume about myself. If you, if you. If, oh, as the students of the American School of Symptometry, uh, those who have read my biography, they will know a little bit about me, or even not a little bit, but a whole lot more about me. I was not born intelligent. I was not born intelligent. I was even telling uh, one of my students yesterday, um, um, you know, one of my, my international students yesterday that... I didn't even have DNA. I didn't have genes. I had complete crap. Complete crap called genes or DNA. But I didn't have real DNA. Because I was a complete mess. How did I become the intelligent person that I am today? How? How? This was the question that my brother kept asking Himself, my brother who died, the one who had prostate cancer who went to, her, to an herbalist. I, I mentioned his name in the, on your show before. He, he kept asking me, but you, how, how, how did you become so intelligent? Well, a man I never met before, a man, a headmaster of, a, of, of an elementary school, in Ghana who stopped giving me food made from corn, food made from cassava, was the man who brought out the genius in me. This is the start the start 
starting point of this book, intelligent children are not born. They are made. And when my wife was pregnant, I continued, I continued, and I continued with what I started. Nourishment. Nourishment and nourishment. And after I studied homeopathy, I added homeopathy to the mix. To ionization. And I saw what we produced. If we are able to achieve such an objective, the rest of the world should be able to enjoy this also. Should benefit from this also. And today, this is what we are doing. It's not only intelligent children are not born, they are made. Healthy children are not born, they are made. Health is not given to anyone on a silver platter. Who are you? You have to, have, you have to work hard for it. So it's not only intelligent children who are not born, it's also healthy children are not born, they are made. And Jonathan can, can attest to that. His wife can also attest to that. And all the 26 others can attest to that. For a child to be so intelligent, I was driving, I was telling Dr. Wanek last time uh, during, our, during our occasional conversation, I was telling her that uh, I had my, grand, I had my, uh, my granddaughter on the back seat, strapped to her car seat, and then I pulled to a stop. All of a sudden she said, S-T-O-T, stop. I said, what? I wasn't only amazed or shocked, but I was impressed. Three and a half years old. She knows how to spell. She knows her coins. She knows the difference between a quarter and a dime. She's not been to the market yet. And she knows the difference. Yes, intelligent children are not born. They are made. So it's not something, it's not something that, that is made from theories or something that I've read somewhere and I'm just trying to reproduce it like a robot? No. This is my personal experience, something that I've lived. And now the rest of the world is benefiting from it. So this is the, this is the background to intelligent children are not born. They are made. Thank you. Um, man, I lost my train of thought. I had a, I had a good one, too, on that one right there. I was just going into like uh, what you were saying about just the um, it has to be developed, you know, post post birth. It's not just a it's not just a natural thing. The thought is the the, the thought is going to come back to me. No, uh, but you see, this also starts. This this does not start after birth. It starts during the gestational period. It starts there because you are sending impulses. You are sending impulses. Impulses travel along what? They travel along the electrical pathways. Develop these electrical pathways. 
critical pathways should not be jammed. So intelligence starts right there. You have to know what to do. You have to know what to say. Dr. Nardi, I know that you are not a um, supporter of using tampons. Is that one of the – did you address that in the uh, in the Women's Health Book as well? Yes, 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 I did. Uh, just because, uh, I mean, you know, when women – first of all, it's not that I – it is true that um, um, tampons – should be out, and most women are not using tampons anymore. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, let us stop the heavy bleeding in women. It is not normal. Oh, some people, some people ha have heavy menses, or just don't have heavy menses. Oh, it is natural. It is not natural. It is not natural. When you have heavy menses, make sure that you call a symptomatist. We have the particulars to stop that. And when your menses too are, are too scanty, call, call a symptomatist. This is not a time to, 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 to postpone anything. Everything, we now, we now have the solution to most of these problems. And the, problem, the solutions that we don't have yet, we're still working hard, and very soon we're going to have them. Our objective is to close all holes everywhere so that there will be no escape. You have no, you not have a reason for saying that uh, um, I'm having my chronic condition because there, there, is no, there is no solution, there's no cure. We are working hard. The reason is our physiology differs. Most of us have turned in ourselves into ocean liners, instead of speedboats. Most of us have turned ourselves into ocean liners with all the mistakes that we made since childhood. We consume the wrong sugars. We consume the wrong milk. Everything wrong and wrong. And as a result, what happened? You have, you have accumulated so many chronic diseases that to cure some of these diseases would take time. That's why there are no analogy, ocean liner. An ocean liner does not, does, not, does not come to a harbor just like that. It has to keep maneuvering and maneuvering and maneuvering, and it takes time before it gets close to the harbor. A speedboat can just make a quick change I mean, the pilot or the one who is uh, in charge of the speedboat could decide to, make, to go left or to go right, and within a fraction of, the se of a second, the turn has already been made. Or he can, he, can do, he, can, he can do an about turn and then head in the opposite direction in less than one minute. An ocean liner would take at least 30 minutes or one hour before he will complete the maneuver. So please do not have too many diseases in you. Call symptometry as quickly as possible. You should have a symptometrist in your life 
as quickly as possible and as early as possible so that when you have a symptom, it will be a code. This code will be interpreted correctly and the root of the problem will be addressed so that you'll be a speedboat. In the future, should something happen, you will heal very quickly, very, very quickly. But those who have tendency into ocean liners will, will heal, but very, very, very slowly. That's the difference, and thank you. Mm, thank you, Dr. Nardi. Uh I have um, another question. I was talking to a female recently um, who said ever since childbirth, she has had, you know, a gift, a spiritual gift of being able to make wishes and seeing things happen right in front of her eyes. But she's also had um, what some may call hallucinations. She said that she was in a space where um, she saw snakes coming up over the foot of her bed and just looking at her or um, a snake, you know, six feet tall in her bedroom, and she walked right by it, and it had the eyes of a, had the eyes of a man, or she's, you know, seeing different things where she would be the only person to see these images in front of her, but nobody else uh, has been able to see these things. And are these some things that, may be addressed in the book. You know, I said women are built from a different blueprint, you know, and have um, histories and, and, and many records being kept of them being seers and holders of magic. And, um, you know, a, a lot of women say, oh, man, somebody put a spell on me or things like that. Um, what do you have to say concerning that? And is there is there a section in the book that gets into the metaphysical properties of what causes one to have these type of dreams or, or visions? Well, um, that is uh, that will be the subject of another book. Um, that is what I'm discussing, metaphysics. Um, but uh, uh, not now. Let me finish uh, many classes at the American School of Symptometry so that I'll have more time. I'll be able to have more time to devote to, to this, uh, the writing of that book on metaphysics. But most uh, hysteria is a condition that mostly occurs in women. Um, Simon Freud, uh, the founder of psychoanalysis, uh, went to Moravia and pondered over the root cause of hysteria. Uh, well, we have we have the root cause of hysteria because we have cured it on several occasions, mostly in women. Men don't have hysteria. Men have hallucinations, but not hysteria. You know, um, hallucinations, hysteria come from the common source. The com uh, in symptomatic we call that a vortex. They come from the from the same vortex. Nerves, malnourished nerves. That is what causes hysteria. And if you know how to nourish the nerves. If you know how to, um, and if if you have if you take carbonated BX, that is very very popular these days, and people are calling for it left and right. Um, you will you will know how to nourish the myelin, the cover, the sheath of the nerve, 
so that nerve transmission goes on. I mean, hysteria was so common in those days, in the 18th century. I mean, how did they know how to nourish the nerves at that time? They did not. Even recently, it's only symptometry who is nourishing the nerves. Most, I mean, the, the, the I mean, reflexologists, reflexologists and uh, uh, acupuncturists and uh, chiropractors do not know how to nourish the nerves. This is only done in symptometry. This is why we are able to cure hysteria. Hallucinations and delusions. I mean, seeing all these, uh, these figures, seeing things that, things that look like uh, a snake, a uh, lizard, and so on and so forth. These are hallucinations. If you are the only one who sees this, that is a, that is a complete hallucination. We have hallucination of vision. We have hallucination of hearing. Oh, I heard, I heard a voice. Oh, somebody is talking to me. Somebody is giving me some instructions. Somebody has asked me to come and kill you and all that. It's a hallucination of, of voices. All these are neurological problems. We have, we have a solution for all this. Now, as far as the gift is concerned, yes, so some people call them gifts, but I prefer to call them talents. Um, many of us have our talents. Uh, some of us may not prophesy, but we may have the gift of TCI, telescopic concept imaging, where you see far, 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 far into the distance. And how can you explain it? No, there is no explanation. You have seen it. You make the best out of it. That's it. That is TCI. So we have different gifts. Many surgeons have gifts also. There are some surgeons who are good at what they are doing. They cannot explain how they are. They, they cannot explain how they reach this conclusion that this is what should be happening. They cannot explain it, but they just know it intuitively. That is a gift. There are musicians who are also who are also talented. You have this talent show. What is what? Is, uh, there's a this uh, music musical show. I was told about it. I've not had the time to watch it. Uh, what is that? There's a musical show, uh, t- uh, talent show, or something. Something has got talent or something like that. I'm told there is uh, there is a uh, there's an there's a, a star studded show uh, on television. I don't know. I don't know. If, for those of you who have been watching television, uh, you can tell me more about that. But I heard about it, where young singers can. Uh, come and then show their talents in singing. You know, they are guitar players and all that. If this woman's gift is to see things like this after uh, after her child, after, after giving birth to a child, well, let her hold on to her gift. But her problem is that she has this gift confused with hallucination and delusion. She can keep her gift or her talent, but as far as her hallucinations and delusions are concerned, she, ha- she will have to call symptometry so that this problem is addressed, so that she is completely healed. Thank you. Mm. The number also, in contact with 
Dr. Abbott at 336-456-9183. Dr. Nardi's number is 708-691-4977. And uh, Dr. Wynick, could you please give out the uh, your contact number in Greensboro, please? It's 336-545-1020. Five four five ten twenty. Ten twenty is location too for you all who uh who may have a CB or y'all rolling on the highway and they say what's the ten twenty? So doctor, <laughs> easy to remember. Say what, Doctor Wining? I said it makes it easier to remember that way. Absolutely, but she's it, it also marks the spot. Ten twenty marks the spot. So for those of you all who um need to get in contact with anyone of our um, panelists tonight, please get in contact with them. If you need to get in contact with Coach Kair concerning a uh, nurturing session dealing with uh, meditation or dealing with uh, emotional freedom technique or want to look at it from a metaphysical angle dealing with your astrological chart or anything like that, any of the services that I offer, my phone number is 336-587-587. 1215 336 587 1215 and um just the emotions Dr. Nardi is that well I got a couple of hands up I'm going to hold my emotion question let me uh, let me get to a couple of callers first uh first call I got is from caller from the 718650 uh but before I bring you in caller from the 718 everyone if you, um if you tune in late um, or you at the very beginning of the show, we had a little technical difficulty, and you're not in the chat room, but you'd like to be in the chat room, just refresh your screen because the chat room is open. But I did notice that there are not as many people there. So if you want to uh, follow what's going on in the chat, you can just refresh your screen if you're listening in on the radio. I mean, if you're listening in through your computer. But uh, if you are called in you can and you are at your computer but you're not online listening, you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Kair, K-H-A-Y-R, and you'll find um, the episodes, um, tonight's episode right there to say live, and just click on the button and it'll bring you right into the chat room if you want to participate through there. And once again, I wanted to remind everyone that if you've missed any other shows um, prior, you can go to Symptometry Books, symptometrybooks.com, in order to catch any of the previous shows or to order any of the books tonight, the Women's Health book or the um, Intelligent Children book. So I just wanted to um, give that <clears throat> give that announcement. All right, call it from the 718-650. Your mic is wide open. Thanks for joining us at some time of night. How you doing this evening? How you doing this evening? My name is um, Cherry Hill calling from the Bronx. Good evening to all the doctors online, Dr. Wynack, Dr. Abbott, Dr. Nazi. Good evening, Coach. Oh, good evening, good evening, good evening. Good evening, Chucky. Um, I didn't even know how to press the um, inbox number, but I think it's a very good idea, and um, I appreciate it a lot, Dr. Nazi, that you wrote this book, because uh, you can't have a healthy nation without healthy women. Exactly, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, But... That I'm, now that I'm in anyway, I did have a question, a quick question. It's, it's the summer months, and um, also we just had, um, I guess it's called the 4th of July, 
there's a lot of, you know, people like to do a lot of cooking out and eat a lot of um, on-the-grill cooking or food. Dr. Nardi, could you briefly um, give your opinion or any of the doctors of the dangers of eating um, charcoal-cooked foods? I'll I'll chime in on that one. (laughs) Basically, when you're cooking um, protein at high heat, um, protein and fat, depending on the content of the food, the proteins are denatured, and they're, um, they become toxic uh, waste. And it's not just the, um, the blackened, uh, uh, charred area that you see on the outside, but the protein on the inside is um, denatured as well. And that's an issue that really isn't addressed in a lot of the the literature that's um, discussed in terms of refraining from eating red meat because it's a it's looking into uh, the the positive things that come from that too uh, how how the how the meat is prepared isn't really discussed just avoid red meat. Well, most people sear the meat, they char-grill it, they cook it at high heat, they pan-sear it, they char-grill it, they broil it, and that actually um, creates toxic chemicals. But when you take meat that contains heme, which is um, a, a form of iron that's present in all red cells, in the liver, the the, the bone marrow, the kidneys, the spleen, the, the skeletal muscles, the metabolically active parts of you uses heme to make energy and to make the structure of which you're made. And when you take that um, food containing the heme and you apply low heat and water and steam, you actually unlock the positive benefits, and you can get beyond the fear of don't eat red meat, that's bad for you, it increases your risk of cancer. I actually had a lady in my office yesterday, she brought in this article all about this, you know, red meat is bad for you, and it didn't discuss (laughs) how you prepare, you know, nothing about cooking, it's just bad for you, that's because we take for granted, well, everybody's char-grilling it, and everybody's thing broiling it and uh, pan-searing it um, and creating toxic chemicals. But when you are stewing meat or you're poaching it or you're slow-cooking it, it's a completely different outcome where you unlock the benefits and the positive energy of the nutrients that's actually present in that red flesh. Yeah, thank you very much. Sure. Your microphone is wide open. Thanks for joining us. Hello? Yeah, how are you? 
Uh, good. How are you? How's everyone? Oh, fine. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Can we get your name and where you're calling from, please? Yes, this is um, Michelle Mitchell calling from North Carolina. And, um, oh, Michelle from North Carolina. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just I wanted to find out um, what exactly is the cause of um, hot flashes and how you know, where does it come from? <laughs> All right. Um, there is one thing that uh, that uh, I found I found out, and if you, I can I will give you the name very soon. Let me see what it is. There, there are certain bacteria called Thermophilus bacteria. And uh, they produce a lot of heat occasionally. And if you have, if you have these bacteria, um, they will tend to produce heat sometimes um, at night, sometimes during the day, and it makes you sweat a whole lot. How, did you, how do some women get these bacteria? Not only some men, sorry, uh, let me take it back. There are men who also suffer from hot flashes. And if you have a particulate that has a higher vibration that neutralizes the, uh, the vibration of this uh, uh, thermophilus bacteria, you will be able to cure your hot flashes. In symptometry, we have this particulate. And then two, we have an oil called carbon-35, it's the combination of these two that the fatty acid from uh, uh, carbon-35 that helps to neutralize the bacteria very fast and drowns them and kills them. Uh, many women have, have, have begun to have hot flashes at age 35. Others started getting this at age 40. And this, were attributed to, this was attributed to... Uh, 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 menopause or premenopause. Well, we realize that uh, this has nothing to do with menopause at all. Uh, if you have this bacteria in your skin, you will have hot flashes, whether whether you are 35 years old or not. There are some younger women who have hot flashes. There are men who have hot flashes. There are some there are some men even during the winter time who are so hot that they, they prefer to keep the window open. They, they prefer to keep the window open. And how do I solve, how did I solve this problem? If I had not had this particulate and I had not had carbon-35, I would not have been able to solve this problem. Wow, well, okay. <laughs> well, I guess that will be on my next regiment of particulates. <laughs> Okay, no, we we have them. We 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 have them. We have them. Okay. Yeah, because it's, it's. I mean, I just I just started having them, and it's it's so annoying. It's like flame on, flame off. <laughs> no, you see, don't 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 don't. Well, you're not blaming yourself, but you see, this is what I have discouraged many um, many women from doing, especially women who have children. When your child has fever. Try to try to address the root of the fever. 
don't give a person a drug or an herb to, uh, to lower the temperature. When you do that, you are allowing the person's body to be turned into uh, a haven of different kinds of bacteria. And if you happen to have this thermophilus bacteria, you and the child, when the child grows up, the child will, become, will, begin, will begin to be very, very hot. Even in the wintertime, oh, it's, it's very cold. Uh, uh, and you have to dress in layers and add, 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 a few, add one more sweater, add this, add that. Or wear your gloves. Your child, your child does not feel cold. I don't know whether you know some children who are like that. When you wear, when you wear the, when, when you give them gloves to wear, they don't wear them. Or you wear, you wear the gloves. They take the gloves off because they are too hot. They are too hot. When a child has fever, please call symptometry. You have Doctor Wanek. You have Doctor Abbott. Call symptometry. We have particular. Story. How do you know? What, why the child has fever. Sometimes it could be worm fever. Worm, worms, worms cause fever. Sometimes it could be worm fever. How do you know that? All right. How you know? Wait. Your child will start grinding his or her teeth when she's sleeping. Hmm. Your child will start grinding his or her teeth. Or your child will start wetting the bed. I know some children who are nine years old and are still working their bed. How did I stop it? I stopped it with the worm particulate. Wow. There are some children who are drooping eyelids. How do we reverse that? The worm particulate. So what does it tell you about parents? When the child had fever, the child had dirty blood. Sanitize the child's blood and the fever will go away. But no, you give the child a, a drug. We are stopping this. And I'm glad that many, many people are listening now. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for that question. That was excellent. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller from the 443 your microphone is wide open. Thanks for calling some comedy tonight. Can we get your name and where you're calling from? Yes. Hi, this is Shelly. Oh, Shelly, yeah. Hello. Mm-hmm. Hi, how are you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I, I think the other Hi, can hear I just you. wanted to say good evening to everyone and thank you all so much for what you do. It helps so many people. I'm sure you already know, but I just have to say thank you. Um, pardon me because I'm in the gym. I may sound a little out of breath, but I'm listening to you guys while I'm on the treadmill. Um, my question tonight, <laughs> i got to get my workout in, and i got to listen, so i got to do both. Okay. Um, my my question tonight um, for um, all of you is I'm noticing um, with children a lot now that they are having an inner monologue or some dialogue going on inside of their head. I don't know if it's because of playing video games a lot or interaction with the Internet or what, but they are talking out loud to themselves. And I'm noticing it in younger children as well as older children. And I just remember growing up that we didn't do that. While we may have had, um, what do you call it, like imaginary friends or something, I'm hearing like children dialogue out loud. 
And I just want to know, is, is that is that something that is prevalent now? Or, you know, why why is that happening? Is it that they don't have enough lap time with their parents or or what? Like, when I'm at work and clients will come in and they'll leave the children to sit on the couch and wait for them, I'll walk by and check on the children, and they're having a full-blown conversation with themselves. And it's not every single one, but it's more often than not. So I'm just kind of concerned. Is it food? I mean, what can well, you Well, ha- you, Shirley, you have every reason to be concerned because – I've had I had three I had three of them I had three of them wow. and yes I had three of them uh, and uh, I would not like to say the uh, the coast because the people will say oh why why did you mention only this coast um, there were three of them and uh, I don't think that I don't think the parents knew each other I don't think the parents okay. knew each other um, the, what, one parent told me that my son uh, goes to the uh, washroom, and he stands there and he talks to himself in front of the mirror for more than wow. ten minutes, sometimes fifteen minutes. Okay. Wow. Yes, yes. That that was that's what one parent told me. The other one was at the bus stop, and then the other one at at night when the child is is, is sleeping. The child is the child is talking to the child is talking to himself. Now why? And the three of them are, the three of them are boys. They are not girls. Why? No, is why is it is it more prevalent among boys than girls? What, what is your own observation first before I answer this question? Yeah, and it's when they're alone. Yes. And and they're talking out loudly, like it's asking a question and answering it. Yeah, that's correct. Them. That's correct. That's exactly what is happening. That, that's exactly what is happening. And uh, the good news is that um, the parents, after two treatments, the parents told me that that stopped. Okay, so I can refer. Okay. It, it stopped. So I can refer for that. Okay. It, it stopped because it is a neurological problem. Oh. Okay. It's a neurological okay. problem. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And my my next question is: There was an expose in my community about um, genetically modified food, and it said that ninety percent of what we eat is genetically modified. Therefore, you know, the obesity, diabetes, blah blah blah. Although you know we try so much to stay on the symptometry program, and we're not eating out, and we're you know trying to buy the best quality food we can. Is there some the best quality food. What is your what is your definition of the best quality food? What is your definition? Do well, you know do, do you know what is on the market there? Do you know what is out there? No. I just go uh, to a farmers market, try to go to okay, the best food stores that I can. Okay, there you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. They, 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 you know what they give me. They, exactly. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. this is this is why this is why we do our best. If you can, if you can, if you can grow your own food, if you can grow your own food, that would be great. But here you are, you are at the gym right now. What time is it? I don't know. But you are at the gym right now. Will you have the time to go and water your your crops? Will you have the time to weed your 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 your, your, your a few acres of uh, of crops that you have? Tomorrow morning before going to work, and will you have the time to 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 to, to chase away the pests 
and all that. Will you have? Will you do that? No, you cannot. So, it, so someone has to do it so that you buy. Now, do you know where that person bought the seeds from? Do you know where that person bought the seeds from? Okay. You see, so you see, the best thing is, the best thing is, if you produce an enzyme surplus every single day, if you know how to produce an enzyme surplus, believe me, all these things will be secondary because by very soon, over 98% of all our foods will be genetically modified. Whether you like yeah. it or not. Yeah. So you can't live wow. in a bubble? No. <laughs> there is nothing the FDA can do about it. And if there is nothing the FDA can do about it, then what are you doing? Are you going to fight a tornado? <laughs> no. You have to protect so, yourself. Exactly. So this is why the best way we decided to protect ourselves is to learn to produce an enzyme surplus. You have your carbon 98, you have your periodoxal 1, 2, 3, or periodoxal 1, 2, 3, 4, and here you are. Voila! As you say, French. You wow. have so enough to produce an, an enzyme surplus. So is, car, is that something that you can take regularly? If you've gone through your initial treatment for whatever, you know, your particular ailment is, would that be something that you would say one should continue to take daily just to have that surplus? I would recommend that carbon ninety-eight should be taken at least five days a week, uh, five wow. days a week, but, but but not not seven days, five five days, and uh, and uh, uh, it's, it's it's very good and uh, very good for, for for producing hormones. You need hormones for because the human yeah. body is a is a giant communication system. You need hormones, and uh, carbon ninety-eight is now available. And uh, you know you have wow. you have you have you have everything. You have vitamin E there. You have vitamin A. You have the DJ uh, the GLA, DG, DHGLA, and all that. All that are in there. So you don't need flaxseed so, oil anymore. Wow. So that's your daily for the family. Everyone can take one five days. Yes, 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 yes. Wow. But not daily. Not not daily. Five no. days a week. Five, five days. days a week. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Please. Okay. All right. Well, I'll call tomorrow to get some more. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, but you don't Thank have to call also. headquarters. Please, if you don't have to call headquarters, please call Dr. Wanek or call Dr. Abbott. Oh, sure. Okay, I typically just call Bell, but I can do that also. I have their numbers as well. All right, please. Okay, that's right. Thank you. Thank, thank you so okay. much. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. All right, next caller we got from the 808. Six five two. Welcome to some time at your night. Thanks for calling in this evening. Can we get your name and where you're calling from, please? Yeah, I guess thanks. This is Janan. Peace, everybody. Oh, Janan. Yeah, old school in the house. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to talk with y'all and be online. I definitely wanted to just give a quick, like, 30-second testimonial. Mosiah is thriving. He's almost two. He loves to eat with some Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. He he didn't start even eating until nine months. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm on the other end of the spectrum. It was great to hear the new mama. Um, And I (laughs) nursed my son. Like, I I can't even count how often he's nursed a day. But Mm -hmm. for me, it was all about the lamb and the bison. it's all about that, like as the nursing mother of a boy who eats so much of my milk, um, mm. it's been really crucial. 
and he doesn't like fruit, so he's right on tip with Dr. Nerti on that one. It's the waste product mm-hmm. of the tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but my big question that I wanted to bring forward tonight is, um, and it kind of dovetails into the topic that a woman before me just raised, is what are your thoughts around DHA? A lot of people think that the cod liver oil from the Arctic is very crucial for the brain development in a child. Um, so I'm wondering what your thoughts are around that. I did find a source that had no natural flavors. It's just straight oil. There's no strawberry flavor, whatever that crap is. Um, mm-hmm. So it's simple. And I wanted to hear if you thought that was essential or not. Thank you. No, Paul. it is. Yes, thank you very much. It is, it is very good for nerve transmission. Excellent for nerve transmission, and uh, when when we treat when we treat people who are, uh, people who have hysteria, people who have mental problems, this is an integral component of of of, of the treatment package. So the DHA is very important, but DHA is already is in uh, carbon ninety eight BX. Is is in there in carbon ninety eight BX? DHA is there. Is it in the canola oil as well, or you're just talking about the the particulate? No, we are not talking about the particulate. We are talking about the molecule, carbon nitrate BX. Yes, DHA is in there, and uh, uh, the amount the amount in canola oil is is not is not as much as uh, the one in carbon nitrate BX. Uh, canola canola oil is uh, is very good. It's very therapeutic, and uh, I've have as a nursing mothers like you who have had uh, DARPA rash and who have had uh, who have had DARPA rash, the, uh, the babies have had DARPA rash on a few occasions and they, they've used canola oil and they really saw the, the therapeutic value of canola oil. Then they say, hmm, if this, so, so, so can I drink it? I say, well, now you are pushing. Now you are pushing the envelope. You are going too far. You are going too far. Human beings, cook with it. Don't drink it. Okay. All right. We'll give thanks, everybody. Blessing. All right. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Janet, for calling in tonight. We appreciate that. Big shout out to the baby. It's awesome, baby. And the lamb and the bison. Gunshots for the lamb and the bison. You know, I, I have a, uh, Dr. Nardi. Oh, yes, sir. Could you, uh, uh-huh. could you uh, expound on how our, our blood is, how a person ends up with dirty blood uh, for the new people that are listening tonight and how it relates to women health and, and health in general. Oh yeah. Um uh, you see when um when I'm when I'm prescribing something because I've I've offended a few very sensitive people with the with the with the name dirty blood on the bottle. What? Who told them my blood is dirty? Man I'm crazy. Okay, I understand that. So I don't use dirty blood anymore. I use blood sanitization. You know, that is a very dignified term, and they love it. But it means it's more than the same thing, it's dirty blood. Uh, why does blood become dirty? Um, don't forget that 
um, the earliest the physicians the physicians uh, it is it is it is rumored it is rumored that Jacques Brousset was the one who the French physician was the one who came up with the idea of venesection bloodletting. Why did he come with this idea? Why did why did he moot this idea? Um, because it occurred to him that uh, 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 blood that is the 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 high tra- traffic area in the human body, high traffic tissue that that carries everything, also carries dirt, and this resulted in uh, in bloodletting, where um, uh, people have to lose about a pint or two pints of blood uh, in order to in order, <laughs> in order to treat the disease. Unfortunately, this happened to be worse than the disease itself. What I discovered was I discovered how blood is very dirty when I was studying chemistry. And I was studying salt and how salt reacts with everything in order to produce debris. And we have different kinds of debris. We have soft debris and tough debris. Where does, where does this debris go? Nowhere. Now, salt will react with different nutrients in the human body when we eat to produce more debris. When I was studying uh, homeopathy, I came across blood stagnation in the capillaries. Why does blood stagnate? Because there is too much dirt, there is too much filth in blood. When we are beaten by insects, the salt from this insect also reacts with the salt from blood. And what does this produce also? Another kind of debris. So what are we in essence? What are we? What are we? We are just people walking around with dirty blood. And if blood has to flow at the speed of light, we have to find a way to ionize this debris so that blood can keep flowing. And many people experience numbness because there is debris in the sinus. The sinus is the gap between the axon and the dendrite. The axon transmits the nerve impulse, and the dendrite receives it and transmits to the next one where there's an axon, and on and on and on. That's why you have a nervous system. If you have debris in these areas, in these synapses, uh, in these synapses, in the synapses, sorry, you are going to experience numbness. If you have blockages in there, like uh, lithiasis or uh, other uh, uh, tougher deposits, you are going to have tingling, especially when you have gouty deposits in the sinus. You are going to have tingling. So if you want to be optimally healthy, one of the conditions to meet or to satisfy is to, to clean your blood. Clean your blood. When you have cancer, clean your blood. When you have leukemia, clean your blood. When you have fever, when a child has fever, as I said earlier, clean the child's blood, and we have the particulates for that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, also, Dr. Nardi, could you clarify how, if the, if the parents should, how they should rub canola oil for a diaper rash, perhaps other than, you know, just for, for 
cooking as well, but how how can someone use it uh, for to treat things like back rashes or, or skin issues? How should they uh, use that? Well, um, as I said, um, I, I I ran out of options. I ran of I ran out of options when I was when I was. Uh, uh, when I was uh, treating uh, a physician's, when I was treating a physician's, uh, when I was when I was uh, treating a physician's uh, uh, daughter, and that physician also was working for the FDA, and uh, she also had access to uh, uh, gas chromatography, and it was very interesting. So she took. She took the advice, and she applied it, and it worked. The diaparash cleared after three days. Then she asked me how it worked. I said, well, I will not tell you. That's what I told her. I told her I will not tell you. All I know is it works. Two weeks later, she came back and told me that, well, I know why it works, whether you want to tell me or not. I don't care. I know how it works. Okay? If Since you know how it works, could you tell me how it works? All right? This is how it works. These are the chemicals in canola oil. And I compared the chemicals in canola oil with the chemicals in olive oil. The worst one was coconut oil. I also did it. And I found, I said, well, when did you do it? And how did you do it? Well, here are my results. Aha. Uh-huh. So you have confirmed what I've told you. This is science. Independent confirmation. The chemicals are DHGLA, DHA, and EPA. These are very important components in the fatty acids in canola oil. That's why they are very, very good for the skin. Very good for the skin. If a person has, if a person has bad sores, if a person has bed sores and you want it to work uh, both ways, inside out and outside in, you use a little bit of canola oil and then you give the particulates also to sanitize the person's blood. This is what you do. This is what I've done for many uh, women who are in the nursing home whose uh, uh, children brought their, their mother's or their grandmother's uh, situation to my attention. This is what I'll be using to, to cure their condition. Okay, thank you, sir. Thank you, Dr. Nardi. That was an excellent question as well, um, Dr. Abbott. Let's see, do I have any other callers in the uh yeah absolutely they're, they're coming in caller from the two zero five five three five your microphone is wide open can i get your name and where you're calling from tonight please yes my name is shandra perry and i'm calling from tuscaloosa alabama 
I was looking at the um, numbers you gave earlier to, to make appointments with the physicians to see them. But I was wondering, was there anything you could the, 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 uh, the number of what, please? I didn't hear you. Yeah. From the physicians, the doctors, the doctor's numbers. The doctor's numbers. Oh, oh, yes, yes, the phone numbers, yes. Uh, Dr. Wanek, Dr. Wanek, Dr. Abbott, yes. Yes, sir, they're there in Atlanta, and I'm here in Tuscaloosa. I was wondering, was it anything I could go to my local GNC or health food store to start cleaning the blood for me and my children? (laughs) (laughs) Other than the canola oil and the DHEA, uh, she, um, I think this may be her first or second show, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to break it down for her. Tell her <laughs> sometimes it works. Tell, tell her you have to break it down and let her know that ninety five percent of your clientele around the world you've never met. So uh, I'm gonna let you go ahead and handle that. Oh, because you know there was some kind of static in the background and she was her voice was kind of low, so I did not hear everything. Uh, all I heard was uh, she she lives in uh, Tuscaloosa, Oklahoma, and, uh, and she wants to go to what uh, uh, store to buy things to start cleaning herself or something. I don't know, but I, I think that that's the gist of what I heard. Is that right? No, no, no. What she said was she stays in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and uh-huh. she okay. because I'm in Atlanta. I guess she thought that all the doctors were in Atlanta, and so oh, she was wondering, okay. you know, what is the procedure. You know, is there anything that she could do, you know, going to the GNC or the local health food store to get some herbs to start cleaning her blood out, you know, for her and her family? <laughs> so that's what you thought at the back end of. So you may want to uh, explain the consultation process for those new new sisters who are coming on the line and how that works and um, how it's not necessarily they don't have to be uh, live and in person. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have we we have three licensed symptometrists. Uh, we have me. Uh, we have Dr. Wanek uh, in Greensboro. Uh, we have Dr. Abbott in Greensboro. Uh, so far, Greensboro seems to have to have won with all this uh, with this heavy concentration of uh, symptometrists there. So we uh, we need some some symptometrists elsewhere also. Uh, what you have to do is. You pick up your phone, you dial Dr. Abbott's number, or you dial Dr. Wanek's number, and then you have a consultation with them. You don't have to travel. If you want to travel, you have some free ticket, a free airline ticket or something, fine. You are free to do so. But uh, it's not necessary for you to travel. Uh, most of okay. Most of my... Most most of my subjects I've never met. I've never met them at all. And uh, some of them, it's only after three years that they decide to come to the United States and come and see me and come and and see how tall I am or how short I am. But uh, basically, that's it. Basically, that's it. Stay where you are in, in in Oklahoma. Pick up your phone and call tomorrow morning or so. They will they will tell you what you will do. But please don't go to a nutrition store and buy something to clean your blood. No, no, no. All these supplements that are there, you need somebody who knows the, the various combinations in the, in the different supplements. 
in order okay. to in order to, to in order to get the right ones. Uh, many people do not want pharmaceutical drugs. I understand, but if you walk into if you walk into a health food store and you see all these supplements out there, you are walking into a booby trap. You don't know which is which. You are just buying things because you read in some you read in a book that this this particular supplement is good or it has worked for that person or uh, your uncle told you that it has worked for me so you are also going there to buy it. Well, you'll be surprised. Some of the binders, some of the binders in these supplements are not good for you. Some of the binders are not good. So call the symptometrist. This is our health. This is our fear. That is this is our expertise. They would they will they they will come up with a good excuse me, a good suggestion for you and then you can use that and then start cleaning your blood. So I see that you want to be very healthy. I see that I see that you you want your family to be your family to be healthy. That is very good. That's a, that's a good way to start. So the next step, the next stop now is to call your symptomatist, okay? Okay, thank you. Yeah, welcome. It's awesome, baby! Yes, 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 yes. We got another one, another newbie coming in into the into the fold. We welcome, welcome, welcome home. That's what we say to people who are just listening in to the show for their first time. And I'm so glad that Dr. Nardi put that explanation down like that. Ladies and gentlemen, don't walk into the booby trap. That was the message. Let me repeat it. The case his accent was too thick. Stay out of the booby trap, okay? Don't put yourself mm-hmm. in the wood. Don't, don't do it to yourself. Call somebody who asks and studies the why. They don't know about why. I went to um, Whole Foods one time, Dr. Uh, Nardi, and I and um, the brother was asking me something about some kale or something. He was putting the food out. I said, well, I'm... I said, well, uh, how many health disruptors does it have? He said, what's a health disruptor? <laughs> I said, oh. I said, now, just common sense. When you put the word, you know, as far as breaking it down in school, they taught you to break things down. If you didn't know what something was, you would use context clues. So the word health, he has to have a de- definition of that. But then when you put it with the word disruptor, you would, you know, seeing that that would mean something that's disrupting my health. And he said he had never heard anything like that. And that's what I love about symptometry is the simplicity. You know, it's thought-provoking. Symptometry is thought-provoking. And so many of the words, like we said, symptom relocation. Dr. Nardi, have you ever went to Google and typed in symptom relocation? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, no, I have to be very honest with you. Uh, I didn't, but uh, uh, some of my staff did. And uh, they, they 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 came they they came back empty. Uh, they did not see anything under uh, symptom relocation. Doctor Weinig, have, have you ever just Google just those two words, symptom relocation? I have never done that. No. <laughs> I want you tomorrow. Just take thirty seconds tomorrow and just just put in two words. Everybody, I want you just to put in symptom relocation. Now it makes perfectly good sense. If I said, Dr. Dr. Um, Weinick, explain symptom relocation, she'll say, oh, that's when you move the symptoms somewhere else. No, mm-hmm. not according to Google. Not according to Google. That's not what it is. Now, you can't. <laughs> now, 
of course you have to look past our show that we did. Our show is at the top, the very top of Google is the sometimes show we did on symptom relocation. But after that, there's nothing. I mean, it's talking about people in the army moving from one military base to the next. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has, I mean, zero at all to do with you know the actual cause that we're talking about of curing versus symptom relocation. And, and don't even put symptom relocation versus cure in there. You definitely won't get anything. But I just want you. I just want people just to see how far the internet is behind. Because that's one of the things that Coach Kyrie is. I'm just exposing the internet. This is not your source of scientific research. I'm sorry. By the time it gets to the, by the time it gets here, I mean even though symptometry is just getting to the internet, Dr. Nardi's been doing this science for over 20 years. You know, so you don't, you're not going to get any late breaking news. You know, it's not going to be released over the internet. But we're not going to keep beating a dead horse. We've talked about that. Show in and show out. Let me get to the next caller. Caller from the 216-314. Thanks for joining Symptometry Night this evening. Uh, can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hi, this is Tammy. I'm calling from Greensboro. Hello, Tammy. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear yes. you. you, can hear you. Yes. All right, having some issues with technology here. It's awesome, baby! Okay. Um, hi, I, I am the act, the Director of Admissions and Academic Affairs at the American School of Symptometry, and I just wanted to let everyone know, um, because it sounds like a lot of newbies are on the line, and this will be a great opportunity to share with them that we do have a school of symptometry, and you can learn some of this information. We have a couple of different programs. The one I want to highlight tonight is our six-month program that we'll be starting on Sunday, July 14th. And the call, it will be a call-in once you enroll, and I'll tell you how you can enroll. Um, you can go, the easiest way would, go, would be to go directly to you have to spell all this out, American School of Symptometry, and it's all jammed together, .org. When you go to that site, that's our website, on the right-hand side there is a um, link, a hyperlink, and it says six-month program. You click on that, it has the enrollment form. It has a little video clip to give you an overview um, from our last symposium. And actually Dr. Wanick's face is sitting right here when you click on the, the play arrow, so that way you can get yourself enrolled. And what the six-month program is, it's $250. There's a couple of different payment options for you, but it is specifically designed for the person who wants to learn more about symptometry, but they are not um, really wanting to enroll fully in the course. And when I say that, meaning, meaning in the school they don't want to become a practicing symptometrist. They just want to know a little bit more about what we are doing here in symptometry so that they can help themselves get rid of the health disruptors through the information that they learn. They can learn how to eat more scientifically. They can learn how to live more scientifically and use that information to impact and empower 
people in their lives. So this six-month program, um, the $250 price is a steal for all of the information, the scientific data that you will be exposed to. The calls are recorded. They're two-hour calls, two, two times a month, and then the link will be sent to you so that you can listen to it again and again and hear the information. There will be a couple projects for you to do because we live in the real world, not just in a, um, a tower of academia, but we actually live it and breathe it. So we want people to know how to navigate through all of the obstacles and the challenges that are out there. So once again, you will go to americanschoolofcentometry.org. That's our website. You can also access it through centometry.com, but you go americanschoolofcentometry.org, and then on the right-hand side, there is a link that says six-month program. Click on that, and the enrollment form pops up. Once you make your payment, then you will be sent the course guideline, and you have until July 27th to actually enroll. I know sometimes people have to wait a couple weeks before it's payday. I understand that. And so we are willing to work with you, and you will just need miss the introductory class. That's fine. You can um, still get that information and still be able to benefit from all of the scientific information that's going to be shared with you. Thank you. Thank you, Tammy, for calling in. Appreciate that. Yes, Appreciate yes. that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just said I appreciate you for allowing me to raise my hand. It's awesome, baby. You know we look out for family around here. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Nothing, naughty. Why are you laughing? You know how I do. You know, you know me. <laughs> Well, um, it's been a wonderful night. We've had some excellent questions. I'm sure this one is going to be buzzing all around the Internet. Uh, right now we are definitely, um, we've reached some new heights as far as, um, like, our new level. I know my boss at Sometometry Headquarters, you know, her initials are BN. I ain't going to call no names. But I'm sure that she will be very pleased to know that, um, our average number of downloads is consistently becoming higher and higher with the um with the last uh four subsequent shows um we really we're, we're really pouring on the heat here as we come through the summertime so i really want to encourage everyone to download this episode take notes and um one thing i want to put out there too we are looking for well, Coach Kair is looking for a transcriber. Let me tell you what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone maybe between the ages of 15 to 22 who um, may not be in school this summer, may be unemployed, who has good typing skills, who would like to start a transcription business. Now, I'm not going to ask you to come and transcribe some shows some symptometry shows for Coach Kair, but I'm going to train and take someone on as an apprentice and to start an Internet business in the job of transcriptions, all right? Now, I know, I think in the medical field, Dr. Weinig, don't they have, um, what are they, uh, what's 
What are they That's called? Right. Medical. Yeah, medical transcriptionist. Yeah. Yes, yeah, a medical transcriptionist. So I'm going to give you the basics. I'm going to give you the basics of that business and the skill set and the training. So maybe it could be something that you could offer to one of the millions of doctors around the United States who use medical transcriptionists. Uh, Dr. Weinick, you know, what what would you say, you know, if you had to guess how many uh, how many doctors on a percentage use uh, transcribers? Well, there's been a little bit of a revolution in, in the transcription business because of electronic, the tra- uh, the transition to electronic health records. But probably, oh, I couldn't give you exact numbers, but I would say at least 50% of medical offices in the country are, are using some sort of transcribing service. Um, to do the business, to do their business, especially in um, hospitals where a lot of, well, most of the communication is dictation. And so that has to be transcribed into the into the written word. There we have it, ladies and gentlemen. At, le- at least 50% of the medical practice <clears throat> practitioners, especially in hospitals, are using transcriptions. So I'm looking for an apprentice who wants to learn keywords, who wants to learn WordPress, who wants to learn the ins and out of business. Because, yes, you may know how to type, but do you know how to turn it into profits, all right? So I'm interested in looking for an apprentice who would like to step up to the plate and come into the transcription business. So, and, I mean, there's there's a huge amount of potential here. So if anybody's interested, you can either call me directly or text me, uh, 336-587-1215. You can send me an email at coachkair at gmail, or you can go to symptometrybooks.com, and it's in the comments section to say uh, I'm interested in the transcriptions, all right? Um, there's a, Like I said, there's a huge opportunity with just me, just me. Now, this is our 49th show, ladies and gentlemen. This is show number 49. It's awesome, baby. And we have at least 20. We have 20 shows, like, on deck, and we're waiting, you know what I'm saying, to find, you know, a uh, transcriber. Me and um, me and Sister Tammy were uh, talking about this, and we really, 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 are in desperate need of someone, and we're saying, hey, if somebody's going to come in and start transcribing, we're going to, I'm going to show them how to turn it into a profit for themselves so it's not just you're not just the symptomatry transcription person, but you can turn it into a business. And I know there are a lot of blog talk radio shows. Um, blog talk is charging exponentially far too much than I can afford to pay them right now. Dr. Nardi, do you, do you know how much... They're charging me, or Dr. Um, Dr. Wynette, do you want to know how much, what's the average cost that Blog Talk wants to transcribe one of these shows? I have no idea. I, I, I have no idea, but once I know it's a business entity, I know they are out there to make a huge profit. $475. For, for how many hours of, of transcription? For just one show. Uh, at, at almost a two and a half hour show, at two and a half hour show, no, 
you can get you can get a transcription a, a, an excellent transcriptionist who can do who can who can do it for you who can do it for you for less. I know, I know. I don't you worry. You know I know that. That's why they haven't they haven't seen not one penny of uh of my money and they won't. But I mean I can understand like you said, they're trying to make a business out of this. So and I don't I just think they have me. I think they got my lines tapped because I was talking about this a long time ago before they even <laughs> offered it. They weren't even offering transcriptions when I came on the radio. I was like, yeah, I'm going to just get transcribe some of these shows in the e-books. Now all of a sudden they come. I mean, like the lowest show, maybe like for a one-hour show, they want $350. And I'm like, you know what? Catch you later. You won't get it here, buddy. Sorry. There is, there is, there is, there is a pool. There is a, there's an international pool of... Uh, of freelancers, and uh, uh, that's that's where we that's where we get some some of our staff also. Uh, there's an international uh, pool of freelancers. You can I will I will I will give you the the connection over uh, after the show so that you can call them. And uh, you know there are many university students, many people who are between jobs and all that who rely heavily on the. On this uh, freelancing pool, you know, so you can get you can get you can get some of them uh, at a reasonable price. Oh well, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I need that. You can send in an email, or you can call me, or whatever, and I'll be ready to write it down. But right now, I'm getting ready to let everybody go ahead and turn it in tonight, and get ready to. Mr. Wait a minute. Did, did, uh, did Willow have his hand? Did he want to raise his hand back up, brother Willow? That's, did you uh, want to have yeah, a, a partner? Yeah. Yeah, I have one more um, testimony. It's kind of off the subject, but it's dealing with an issue I had been been getting treated for since I was introduced to um, symptometry, which is my eczema issue. And I can say, oh yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah, that I'm happily cured of eczema. I'm, I've been singing the praises to everybody. I'm like, yeah, I've been cured. What? Cured? Yes, cured. Of eczema, my hand feels like it was when I was, you know, a teenager. And I just wanted to pass that along that symptometry has a a very effective eczema treating program for anyone out there. I know there are several people out there with very dry, itchy skin, something I've dealt with for over 20 years of my life. And yeah, your patience pays off and the right treatment, eating, eating scientifically. Um, nurturing yourself, it all pays off. And I just want to send a, a great thank you and um, big up to everybody at Symptometry and all those that played part in this healing process. Thank you, brother. I guess I'm gonna, I mean, I'm, that may be one of the um, questions I'm going to let be my last question tonight. Dr. Naughty, I noticed a lot of children in Atlanta or just periods, like in the stroller, you can just look at them and see that they have, you know, they got eczema at such a at a, such a young early age. Um, can you can you like you know uh, speak on you know some of the reasons just briefly of why so many of the children? I mean, is it relating back to prenatal care and their particular diet um, right now? You know, to have the patches on their face and the forehead and the right there around the crooks of the yeah, elbow. Yeah, you see that. You see, here, here, here is here is here is here is a point. Are, are the parents ready to listen? 
are the parents because um, in symptometry, we don't cut corners. We tell you that the skin will have to be scientific. I mean, the, 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 the skin will have to be uh, uh, acidic, and you have to eat scientifically. And if you don't do that, you are not going to get results. We will give you the particulates. We will give you the molecules. But you will have to do the rest because we cannot come to your house to police you over there. So if we tell you not to eat certain foods, please abstain from these foods. That's what, that's what we do. There are many children. There was one, there was one lady, there was one lady who, who, who hung up on me. and The baby had eczema. And uh, I, told her, I told her that, uh, well, um, do you breast, I asked her if she breastfeeds the, ch breastfeed the child. She said yes, but she stopped because uh, the child would not like to breastfeed. I said, uh, because your breast milk was, be, was becoming too acidic. What? What? Did you conduct a test to, to show that my, my breast milk was being acidic? And then she hung up on me. Uh, well, uh, I told her the truth. If you if you are breastfeeding, and your child refuses uh, your, your breast milk, there is something wrong with the quality of your breast milk. You don't need a test to do that. But well, unfortunately, you see, we have children who suffer in the hands of parents who are not prepared to learn. If you are not prepared to learn, well, it's unfortunate. You your child will suffer until the child. Is of age, and then your child will make his or her own decision to go for symptometry. That's it. That's what we have to say, okay? Thank you, Dr. Nardi. Like you said, this is, and that's, when the woman doesn't want to listen, that means, well, I'm, not, I'm saying, especially when it's coming from a scientist, I would safely put two and two together, you know, uh, there's some pain nourishment that she needs. You know, who are you getting your information from? That's a, a YouTube video that I just put out um, uh, just recently. I just made an 11-minute video, Dr. Nardi. I'm going to send it to you about controlling okay. your hearing and, and where you get your and, and where you're getting your information from. So if anybody would, um, if anybody's interested in checking that out. They can um, just go to YouTube and just type in what is it? Just type in Coach Kair and Selective Hearing. That's what it's up under. Selective. Oh, can you control your hearing? Just type in Coach Kair. Can you control your hearing? Because when somebody's trying to give you something, it's very important that you take control of your hearing faculty. Like that sister, she heard disrespect when Dr. Nardi was trying to give her love and give her answers. So she took it personal and then went left field. And then not only did she hang up on Dr. Nardi, she hung up on the care of her child's, you know what I'm saying, of, 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 of her child's wellness. Because obviously the child is saying, I don't want this breast milk, and then, you know, now you're taking it personal. And now it's something wrong with the child now. Ain't nothing wrong with me. It's just something wrong with the child. And I hear that all the time. They say, I said, well, give the child pineapple. He don't want no pineapple. He don't he he don't like this. He don't like that. I say, well, when did the child start running? When did the child start running things like that? You know, so um, please, you know, as Doctor Weinig advised me, don't give them green pineapple. When you go to the health food store, please quit telling them to just go ahead and cut the pineapple for you because because it's because it's convenient. 
you're getting the greenest pineapple in there, walking over there to them. You don't smell the bottom of it to see if it's sweet or not. A green pineapple is not ready to eat. And then you go That's over true. there and give, That's true. you go over there you go over there and give it to the guy and he lays it. They got a little machine now. You can just lay the pineapple down there. He drops the lever and it cuts the and it cuts the whole outside of the pineapple off in one swap. That pineapple ain't ready to eat. So I'm allergic. I'm allergic to pineapple. You ain't allergic to pineapple. You allergic to good information. If you listen, then some things will happen for you um, on the part of just the natural, just the natural flavor of what's going to happen once you start eating a ripe pineapple. A ripe pineapple. We may have to do a show on just pineapples. You know, just. Just on how to choose one, how to pick one. But Dr. Whiter gave me the technique. She said, twist the top off and turn it upside down. Turn it upside down and let it, you know, and, and as it ripens, then you're going to get more of the sweetness being drawn to the top of the pineapple because gravity has pulled all the sweetness down to the bottom of the pineapple. And I got, two, I got two of them. I got two of them sitting upside down right now, Doctor Wynick. I'm gonna send you the picture. Okay, Doctor Nardi, Doctor Abbott. When I go get some pineapples, when I go to the health food store, well, not health food store. When I go get some pineapples, I I buy them up. I buy them up because I know they're not ready. You know, I know that that pineapple I get out of the store, it's gonna be three days before I can eat it. It's three or four days before I can eat it. And some people are like, oh, I got to have it tonight. And then they'll put the pineapple down. <laughs> I said, well, you ain't going to buy one that's ready today. You got to, you know what I'm saying? You got to wait. You know, so you want one today, and you're willing to just eat it and take all the acid bomb in in, in, in there, but you ain't going to take it and put it up for two or three days, you know, four days maybe, so it can be ready and be proper for the body. I think in the movement I talk about uh, ego, you know, the dangers of ego in the healthcare system, but. That's my own particular thing right there. We may get in trouble. Those will be me expressing my views, not symptometry, but me expressing my views of people's ego getting in the way of their own particular health care. Not Dr. Weinick or Dr. Abbott, but I have my own particular views. You know, now Dr. Weinick may start laughing, Dr. Abbott may start laughing, and Dr. Nardi too, but that doesn't mean that they that's their views. They just laughing because I'm saying something. That's all. So I don't want to I don't want to say that they are a, a co-signing. On what I'm saying, but hey, some of y'all got some big egos that's in the way. You putting your child at risk, and you putting your own wellness at risk because you got an ego problem, you know. And, I, and I'm the one that'll call you out on it. So, hey, I just like Dr. Abbott says. I'm, I mean, Dr. Nardi, I'm a straight shooter myself, and I know I'm not a people pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. Well, all right. Um, I definitely appreciate everyone for coming in, uh, coming on tonight. Big shouts out for uh, Xavier Heru for making his uh, first appearance um, on Blog Talk, <laughs> on Blog Talk Radio tonight. We really appreciate, you know, the Cunningham family and the Schindel family dropping in. You know, and the hits just keep on coming. Y'all just keep on making them down there too in California. I mean, down in Florida. We're ready for for y'all to keep expanding the family. No problem. We got plenty of room and plenty of projects. So we thank y'all so much. Um, we haven't come up with the topic in uh, two weeks. If you have any suggestions, if you have any suggestions for a show topic for some topic or something that we have not discussed in 49 shows, just text me three three six five eight seven twelve fifteen. Say, hey, coach. 
have you thought about this topic or go to some tometry books and say, I got a show topic suggestion. I don't have any problems whatsoever. I'm very flexible and uh, willing to always push the envelope with new information. And my panel right now, they are always open to being tested and challenged for new information as well. So I just want to say we're open for that, and we will see you all in two weeks. And I really appreciate everybody. Oh, and I'm going to be in Los Angeles next weekend. I'll be in Los Angeles next weekend, the weekend of the 19th and the 20th and the 21st. So if we have any um, uh, symptometry students or or practitioners um, who want to have a, a get together or want to hang out with Coach Kair, please you know get in contact with me and let's see if we can meet up while I'm out there and uh, see what y'all got going on over there on the left coast. Uh, Dr. Nardi, I appreciate you for tuning in tonight. Dr. Whining, as always, thank you so much. Um, you know, well, Jupiter hasn't actually went into cancer yet, but, you know, as far as the tropical system, that's one of the things we got all this rain lately, but we'll have to talk about that offline. And uh, Dr. Nardi, Dr. Abbott, um, it's always a plum pleasing pleasure to have you ride a shotgun um, as um, each and every uh, Tuesday that we have this show. I want to thank all of you, and I will talk to you all in two weeks. And thank you, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. And the hits just keep on coming. American School of Symptometry is looking for dedicated students who want to learn how to eat scientifically and live a disease-free life. American School of Symptometry is the teaching and training arm of symptometry. We offer three types of scholarships to help you with the cost of educating yourself and learning how to cure disease at the cellular level. That's right, cure disease. Our mission statement is curing is proving. Check us out at symptometry.com. That's S-Y-M-P-T-O-M. E-T-R-Y dot com. You'll be glad you did. Or call us at 708-252-3621 for more information. That's 708-252-3621. American School of Symptometry.